1930, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, in an effort to alleviate the effects of... Anyone? 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 We've all seen that person that knows it all. You know that guy that knows everything. Well, that's not what you're getting here. I'm a know-nothing kind of guy, just trying to broaden my horizons. Join me on my journey of Scotty Doesn't Know. afternoon you know-it-alls another episode of scotty doesn't know and today i'm going to be talking about pottery which uh i may or may not have some pottery in my blood my mom's sister throwing stuff for years and years and i've never participated with it but uh i think my favorite story from there is she had a lovely casserole dish and my uncle ashes are now in it so that's my take on pottery so Today, I'm joined by Colleen, the owner of Bob Cajun Pottery. Hi, Colleen. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. You haven't made any urns yet? I haven't, although that's on my radar. (laughs) I was shocked. And she's like, ah, Jim always liked to eat. And beautiful little glazed thing. Um, Obviously, he didn't fit. All of them didn't fit into the dish. And then the, the, the kind people sealed the dish so it would never open again. And there he sits on the mantle. So um. oh, that's funny. Um, I I've thought about it a fair bit actually. I've never posted an urn or advertised it, but that's an option if someone well, wants if to. You, if you think about it, right? It's it, it's shape, it's style, it's functionality, yeah. it's all those things. So you work right out of here, out of Bob Cajun. Yes. And we were just talking sort of right before we recorded. You've almost been doing it for a year. That's right. Uh, well, I've been doing pottery since I first learned the craft and right. then invested in the equipment for about four years. Four now. years. Yeah. But um, I really only started selling. There comes a point in time with any potter, I think you're either going to be a hoarder or you're going to sell. <laughs> and I There's was, only so much you can give I away. I gave away tons and oh tons my. of things. And then I just decided, uh, and also I needed to increase my skills. My I, I needed to get better because. Right. And that's that's the, the push forward. That's so right. four year, what drew you to it four years ago? Well, I had gone through a really rough patch in my life. I lost my dad, and I had been his primary caregiver for quite some time. And when he passed, I was just looking for an outlet, a creative outlet, because I needed to do something just for myself. Right. <laughs> and I've always been a little bit artistic, and I've always been drawn to pottery. I've, I've collected pieces, and I've admired it. And, right. You know. Never taken, uh, like, like you know, had you ever got your hands dirty before uh, you decided to? an introduction to, to it, it in right. grade five. Right. Way okay. Way a, back. Way back in elementary school, right. I had a teacher who ran a school kiln and I did get a little introduction there, but I decided to take lessons, uh, six weeks of lessons from a lady, a local lady, lovely lady, uh, Sheila in Dunsford. Right. And I very soon realized that this was something that you were never going to improve your skills in unless you owned a wheel a whole <laughs> because lot because i couldn't practice like you can't get better without practicing right 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 and every piece is is unique in that way right? right and uh i think uh you've got a bit of humor in r- scrolling through your instagram and it's very much um you're like oh this one didn't turn out but it's still very nice or you know <laughs> one that's broken or cracked in the in in the process right so if anybody is, is floating around and they're at somebody's house locally and uh, you flip it over, that's your maker's mark there, right? That's right. That's and right. that was a gift from my son, uh, a Christmas gift. And 
I had, you know, said to him, can you, can you get, order me a stamp, get me a maker's mark? And, uh, some, some potters just do a little, a little squiggle or stamp or, or, or but anyway, that's become my mark and, and I wanted it to reflect our town. I'm, right, quite, yeah. I'm proud of Bob Yeah, Cajun. yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? You get that all the time and you're like, oh, Bob Cajun. And then yeah. it's, you know, you, you get a handful of things that they'll, they'll, they'll drop and as they're recognizers yeah. of where, where we're at, right? That's right. It becomes more of a souvenir piece if it says Bob Cajun. That you know? as well, right? You can start putting it in uh, different uh, places. So I was very interested that um, sort of the process of this that... Um, now, is this starting clay or is this rejuvenating clay? Because that's, that's reclaiming clay. That's reclaiming so there. When I throw on the wheel, all of my scraps and all of my trimmings and all of my failures go into the... Can I say fuck it, fuck it? Yeah, 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 of course. We're, we're, yeah, they, we have an explicit rating here, yeah, so you're they, good that I way. I like that. Bucket behind, beside my Right, right. Bucket. So as long as it, it goes into the bucket, it doesn't dry out. It, it, yeah, I add a little water, and it can smell a little funky sometimes, so I throw in a bit of vinegar, but... What I love about it is that all of that clay gets recycled into usable clay again. Right. So nothing is wasted, and I appreciate that because I'm very thrifty. <laughs> right, right. Now, as a whole, when you got started, and you sort of started, and then from a, from a point of going from hobby to business, and it's sort of like this, this is still a hobby for, for me and my uh, recording partner, Wes, it's that initial buy-in. Yes. Um, and then in 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 looking into and it's like every uh, like any hobby, there's there's stores you like to go to or like the yeah. the the Potter's Nook or the yeah. where you get all your candy and your fun stuff. So from an initial startup, is it hard to get started? Like you need. Uh, I like, did a lot of research. Right. Like I went on Etsy Canada and followed other potters. I started following other potters on Instagram and I saw what they were making, what they were selling how they priced their items. Right. And I'd never really run a business before like this one. I've run a different type of business. Yep. But um, yeah, the, the learning curve was steep, to be yep. honest, as far as figuring out what my game plan was going to look like. Right. So initially, you need a wheel? Yes, you need a wheel. First, I purchased a wheel and clay and supplies yep. just so I could start to play. And then a kiln? And then I purchased the kiln, which was a fairly big investment. Right. Um, I mentioned that my father passed. Well, he left each of my siblings a little pocket of money. And Very good. I have golf where, clubs. Very yeah. similar to that. And, and dad would have been so proud because yep. he always wanted me to do something artistic. That's he, always fun. Yeah. I've always enjoyed buying something special for yourself when you get that rainy day money or whatever, or a gift, or as you say, inheritance, and then it, it, it stays with you That's right. forever. That's so such I, a nice... I love that I was able to guilt-free use that little bit of money without taking it out of our family budget yeah. to, to get started. And with any equipment, I assume with pottery as well, good, better, best. So yeah. it, there, there is sort of stuff you can buy at a, at a right. semi-reasonable, and, and then I, it progressively gets... Yeah. I did look actually at a lot of used equipment because right. that's in my nature to, right, to buy right. secondhand. But I, I just didn't have any luck finding something. Uh, and, I imagine people hang on to if, unless they're yeah. growing. 
you know, if you have what yeah. you like, you hang on to so it. So I went with the local manufacturer of kilns. Right. Uh, out of Oakville. Oh, uh, yep. Pottery That's where my aunt's out of. Oh, so nice. maybe. <laughs> well, she probably goes to Pottery Supply House all More the time. than yeah. likely. Uh, but they make Euclid kilns, and that's what I bought, was a Euclid kiln with a Bartlett controller and an Orton vent, and I hired an electrician to put in the right Yep, got it all wired yeah, properly. And, and, and a safety switch, and it has to be vented perfectly and installed according to manufacturer's right. instructions for safety, and I was very, very worried about that. Right, right, right. <laughs> because the kiln is in my home. Yeah, yes. It's not in a shed or a garage. It's right. inside my you home. You were saying so. when you first came in, you uh, spend a lot of time in the in the in the cellar or <laughs> the basement, right? right? The cellar dweller. They yeah. Call me. But um, once it got installed, and once I had a you know fired it a couple of times, it 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 becomes second nature, and. Uh, and I got to tell you, everything I've learned, there's a YouTube video out there for everything. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I'm nervous or when I don't know how to do something, when it comes to programming the settings. Right. There's something um, something new. Somebody's got a suggestion and an right. idea. And you named it Harry. That's right. <laughs> right. I thought that was awesome, right? Every potter. they Well, some potters have multiple kills. Right. So, so they, they, they need yes. to differentiate. Yeah. So, yes, I named him Harry Potter because he's... Magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, he's a potter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, that makes complete sense yeah. to me. And I'm like, I like that. So as well as creating wonderful objects and stuff, you also do classes. That's right. A little bit. Yeah. So how often do you do those? And what's the price point? And do you, like groups or singles um, or? Well, COVID has played a part. Of course. Yeah. So I've kept, uh, because I only have one wheel. I, I do two class, two students at a time. Right. And so usually it's, uh, I've done mothers and daughters, best friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, just sisters. I, right, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. So usually it works out nicely because once I explain the format, I do two hours per evening over a six-week time frame. Oh, very good. And usually they make and make and make for the first five weeks. And then I fire. Everything has to go through two firings. Okay. So then it goes, their, their treasures go through a bisque fire, and that prepares it. It vitrifies the clay. It chemically changes and alters it so that it's, it's uh, permanently fused. Right. And it's not delicate anymore. You're not poking at it. It yeah. doesn't, it won't take a fingerprint. It won't, It's yeah. really interesting. Like if you were to take a piece of bisque ware and look at it under a microscope, you would see it sort of has a surface like a sponge. It's full of holes. And that perfectly prepares the, the clay for receiving the glaze. Right. And then the glaze is basically teeny tiny little glass particles that are suspended in water. Right. And they provide, a, as well as other minerals and, yep. and different various. Because that's what, that, yeah, oh, please, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it basically, you cover the, the clay or the vitrified clay yep. in the glass particles and when it reaches a certain high temperature in the next firing it turns into and, ceramic and that's right and that's what seals it and that's what makes it that's right. food safe and that's all right. those things okay so we'll just go and uh there's a picture of harry there yeah. and then um oh this kind of i thought this was cool the super duper extruder <laughs> that's right so, so that was a game changer for me so the alternative to that is uh, hand-pulling your own handles. Right. And when I do mugs, I, I do some pretty large orders for mugs. And hand-pulling handles takes a lot of time. Right. And uh, 
it's not fun. It's not my <laughs> no, no, it, no <laughs> right? Not my it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're process. just rolling out snakes, yeah. right? So I splurged and I treated myself to that extruder. And the beauty of it is that it has many different cast iron dies that you can change. So your, very much like Play-Doh. Exactly. And then it just pushes through. You get the size, the diameter. Absolutely. Oh, if very good. you can picture a Play-Doh tool that squeezes out clay in different forms, right. then that's exactly what it is. Very yeah. cool. And just sped you along, made you more efficient? Uh, it, it has. Although, because I change clay bodies often, I have to thoroughly clean all the mechanisms and all the pieces. Right. And so I'm not entirely sure it's saving me any time. But... Uh, it certainly uh, produces great results. Right, yeah. right, right. And then I, I assume, like for an order, all the handles would be the same. Then there's no you, right. there's no uniqueness to that one that you squeezed a little bit more or I a little still less. Do. I mean, if it's just yeah. a small order, or yeah. like a, a beer stein for somebody, or someone wants a, a specialized mug, I I do still pull handles. Right, myself. right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's lots of way to customize them and personalize them and uh, and alter them so that they right. become unique. Yeah. So this, I believe, was your first post, little bowl. Yep. Nice and simple. I, I, I was thinking, right? No, I don't think any glaze on it, right? Or is uh, the glaze white? That looks like it's a matte white glaze. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm a little out of sequence there, but there's something fun with a lot of glaze on it. That's right, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And as I say, right, as you say, you haven't been doing it too long, so it was easy to sort of... Uh, backtrack in your history and see that growth and uh as i say certainly the pieces have gotten to be what as a as a known nothing kind of no guy um have gotten more extravagant and different um processes for sure so i'm definitely learning as i go there's a lot of trial and error in pottery you don't know your glazes and how they're going to behave until you test fire right so i do a lot of little tiny pieces like Uh, like after the end of a throwing session i have a little bit of clay left i always make test pieces to test glazes on. right and then Um, you can see how it actually fires Yeah, like some glazes are runny at the base and they don't give you a nice crisp line others are they're called uh, uh, glazes with flux in them right they help when you're layering glazes to, to create that movement and the dripping. That's, and, well, yeah, when yeah. you're after it. Okay, very yeah. good. So sometimes you want that. Other times you want a glaze that behaves very predictively so that you get that nice Same thing. Line. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, again, I actually, my first experience with your product was down at Old Dog Brewery. Yeah. And Scott there has the, the mug club. And you threw, what do you do, 50... Oh, I, yeah, I think, believe it or not. And he sold more because this, this, is, this is a great story. I thought it was a great story that, um, so he reaches out to you and, yeah. so, you know, can you do this? <laughs> well, at first I had never done an order like that before, but I always try to maintain a, a growth mindset. You know, I think, well, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> and that word yet is very powerful. Yeah, <laughs> And I just started pulling up videos on YouTube and thought, well, I don't know how to do this yet, but I'm going to learn. And so I did. And I, and I inquired with other potters and I'm a member of different Facebook groups. So I sought information. Right. Um, and then I just gave it a whirl. And uh, unfortunately for Scott, the, the learning curve was so steep because this was the first time I'd ever had an order where size mattered. Like volume. Volume. So right. Capacity. He needed it to fit up a pint. That's right. Yeah. Capacity. He needed it for to hold 16 ounces with room for a head on the beer. Um, and when I pull a cylinder, I have to know 
exactly how much that's because, and that's hard to calculate because every clay has a different shrink rate. Sometimes it's 12% or 15% and you have to be able to picture that. So I came out with a lot of pieces for Scott that were not up to standard. Right. But bless his heart. He was so gracious. He says, I think I can still sell those. And I think he sold a ton of them. Yeah. So then, we yeah. call those souvenir mugs. Right. There, But I kept working at it and I kept working at it. And I finally came up with, you know, you start with carefully weighed balls of clay so that you know how much, how many grams yep. you're working with. And then I finally figured out exactly how much clay I had to start with in order to be able to pull a cylinder to the height that I needed it to hold 60 yep. ounces. Yeah, yeah. And I finally got it. Well, so. from practical experience, I would tell you, I think they actually make the beer taste a little better. Oh, good. We, uh, <laughs> we quite enjoy the, uh, the beer there, and we quite enjoy drinking it out of your mug. So that's exciting. That's awesome. Now, as well, so you, the little, uh, the spigot. So you're just doing that and stamping it, and then it gets attached sort of after. That's right. Yeah. I just asked Scott if he had a, a, a stamp, and he yeah. said no, but I'll go get one made. And so he did. And there were a few tricks I use um, when I press it into clay. Not all stamps will release the clay nicely, so you can I either use cooking spray or cornstarch or something to get it right. to release. And then it's it's kind of a long process that with when you're making something with clay, there are small windows of time when you get to work with it at a right. certain stage. So that logo has to be applied when the two pieces are at equal moisture content. So... So it's not like you can make a bunch no. of little cookies and then come back no, to them. You, you oh have my to do goodness! Everything in stages, and so anyway, that logo gets applied using a score and slip technique. Yep. And then when it comes out of the bisque fire, I put underglaze, brush it on, and then I sponge it off so that the underglaze is trapped within the lines of the logo. And then I cover the entire logo in wax resist so that when I dip the entire piece in glaze, that Wax glaze is not going to get on the It doesn't stick I, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you can just wipe it with a sponge and clean it off. And there's this is, a lot this of is, steps. Oh, I was going to say, this is already so yeah. interesting, more so than like, right? You know, I just assumed it was like ghost and you just <laughs> threw it on there and right? Patrick and Demi and they just made it happen. I knew you were going to mention that. Oh, of course. <laughs> Nobody talks about pottery without Without that. I mean, I'm sure that, um, and this is sort of your collection of glazes and liquids and all oh, that good that's, stuff. That's the neatest area. But um, yeah, basically those are just some newer stroke and coke glazes right. that I, I recently acquired, which, which gives me more options in colors. However, they're time consuming and they're very expensive and I'm used to dipping glazes. Right. Usually I lean towards dipping formulations because they're fast and quick and easy. They're very expensive though. <laughs> glazes are that's... and is it just it's what the market will bear so the people that produce it know that there's not a whole lot of um, other people doing it and they're like this is going to be the price yeah. and that's just where we sit and that's if you right. don't want to use our product you're going right. to not use it, right? Uh, I did start off ordering a few things from Amazon, but the shipping was just killing me. So right. I, I make the twice a year trek to Oakville. Right. Uh, there's another spot in Richmond Hill called Tucker's that okay. I can also get glaze supplies there. Right. But recently I purchased some dry glazes so that I, you, you take them home, put them in a bucket and mix the white oh, right, water right, right. ratio. And uh, you can save yourself a few dollars doing it that right. way. 
and so far so good. I've had good luck with those glazes. So that, that's good. I may do that again in the future. So this is a, that's the, the one with the, the glaze that I've already shown. But mm -hmm. again, so that's sort of a dip and then you just let it kind of yeah. migrate down. Well, I call that a raw bottom. So I purposely don't glaze right to the bottom. Like when I layer on the glazes, I, I load it up sort of top heavy. Yep. So that when there's dripping that occurs, hopefully there's room for it there. Right. Uh, but it also, having a raw bottom allows the clay body to show through, and that's a speckled clay body, which is really popular. Right. And I find, too, it's so interesting. Has the, has the internet allowed an Etsy and all these resell? It's allowed people like yourself to actually have a broader market, I assume, or, you know, yeah. if, if you so choose, right? Um, I, I think the biggest factor is just that you can learn anything you no, want. It's from all YouTube out there. Videos. And right. potters are very, very generous with their knowledge. And oh, they it's a good group of, oh, it's a right. wonderfully supportive community. They share tips and tricks and they will help troubleshoot. No one's hoarding a, their no, special no, combination. They, they share glaze recipes and, and uh, when I have problems, I post it on a Facebook group that I'm right. a part of. It's called Pottery Heads. And, um, like 50 people will respond you that very me. day. And, <laughs> and I've, I've, Problem solved right. my way well, through a lot of different. Oh, situations. very good, very yeah. good. I think that's right. If that community is there, and I think it's so cool that years ago, when you wanted to learn a craft, you would have to physically go and yep. live with a master potter somewhere across the other side of the world, right? And that was really the only way to learn or to take in-person workshops and classes right. and seminars. And now I can learn it all from my iPad. Right. It, it, yeah, it's all there if you want yeah. it, right? Whether it's it's a recipe or whether it's pottery or whether it's knitting. It's like... That's right. There's something out there for everybody. And I'm so grateful to all the people that share that knowledge so freely, you know? It's, right. And I think some of them just enjoy... It, it's There's no gain to it. Yeah. I think they're just sharing to share for the love yeah. of, of what they're doing, right? And that's kind of why I started offering lessons. Um, I'm not skilled enough to be offering advanced level lessons right. or anything like well, that. You're getting I'm, somebody, you I'm know what? I'm the first to admit I have yeah. tons and tons to learn. I'm only but you've, just you've enjoyed it so much. So I, it, it must be sort of that, that push forward or that sharing yeah. of everything that you've gained. That's right. To pass it down, right? Or get somebody else to get the bug, right? That's right. It's Because um, once you're hooked, you're hooked. And uh, there's so much I haven't even tried yet. Right. And as I say, like, just kind of going through some of your, this is my favorite piece. And it's a, it's simple. It's so simple. It's a berry bowl. That's right. Um, and I've sold so many of those because they're so versatile. Right. You know? And I, I just, I really, I, I liked it and I saw it and it made me giggle. And ideally, right, it just allows the air to get in. So you're... You're, well, it's for rinsing berries right. or cherries or yep. whatever, some vegetables from the garden, um, whatever. But yeah, people love those. It's and nicer than my plastic colander that I've got, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think... I sell a lot of butter dishes. And so this is sort of that same idea yeah. where the clay is not quite... And you're punching the holes out, obviously, when that's it's still right. workable. So that's at the leather hard stage. Clay has various stages that it goes through as it's going through the drying process. That's leather hard and you can still, you can handle it without warping the shape, but you can also do some carving, you can do surface decoration or punching holes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, th those were ones I thought were, yeah, as I say, I think it's my favorite. 
Um, if I was more of a of a noodle guy, I also liked the, um, the ramen bowls. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and just from the fact that and with the um, with the chopsticks and the right, I just, yeah, I've got it here because um, I enjoyed it too, like visually. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'd just be slopping it back with a fork. But yeah. that's just how sophisticated I am. And then, so this is a failure. But beautiful, beautiful piece. I have a whole um, shelf of failures, right? Uh, but I find them helpful because I can show students what not to do. <laughs> right. So beautiful piece, and then just did not like its time in the kiln. That's right. The number one rule when you're making things with pottery is don't love it till it's done because there are so many stages and things can go wrong at any one of those stages. So So you could right right you could be in the first yeah, now here I mean, on it could come off the wheel perfect but then it can warp as it dries. Uh, it can develop cracks when it's drying and then things happen in the kiln. You can get glazes that run way too much and fuse your piece to the kiln shelf. Uh, you can get cracking and more warping and explosions. Right. Yeah. So on <laughs> average, the base, the the size of the piece bases its time on in the that it's getting the heat, or like how long would a, an average piece be in under heat in the kiln? Uh, that's a great question. It really doesn't have much to do with the size of the piece okay. or the the amount of clay used to make it. It has to go through a bisque fire, which is yep. the vitrification process. And I can usually get a lot in the kiln because those pieces can be stacked and nested and really crammed in there. Right. Because they can touch. Okay. But when it comes to the glaze fire, of course, you can't have anything touching. So your pieces, or they'd fuse together. <laughs> so you can't get as much in the kiln. So for every bisque fire, uh, bisque load, I should say, it usually follow, is followed by two glaze fires in order to fit everything in. And the, so... Uh, would a bisque be the same time relatively? Because it's it's the yeah. same clay for the most part. Now, or yeah. is there also different choices? Yeah, in... there's different. Well, the programs run at different temperatures, right? And they they're programmed so that they're a slow bisque. Right. I usually choose a slow. Doing things slowly is usually the way to. A little more patience, <laughs> yeah, right? The, the yeah. Things and tend to yeah. So a bisque fire takes about eight hours. Okay. And a glaze fire um, about the same, although. It's a 24-hour cycle. Right. So okay. if I put something in, start the kiln, there's usually a three- or four-hour ramp, ramp warm-up, yep. which I, I set and choose depending on whether or not I think there could be moisture in my pieces. Okay. There can't be any moisture in there. So there's lots to think about, yeah. too. Oh, my. And then, so it, by the time that it goes all the way up to temperature and then comes back down to room temperature and uh, where you can actually touch the pieces and open the lid, that's the hardest part. Right. It's not peaking <laughs> because thermal huh. shock is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, right. If, I think we've all seen a yeah, cake drop. <laughs> if, if you open that lid and cool something too quickly, right. it can just split, which I think is what happened to that brown one. <laughs> right. Oh, dear. It was probably on the top shelf and I peaked. <laughs> so um, do you got a favorite thing to make? I think I just like it when I'm done my order list for the day, right. and then I get you to some, play some you time. Yeah, right. And uh, is there? Yeah, but there's nothing you go. Oh, I'm just gonna to do this, and you go to the same. You got uh, something you go back to often? I, I think I think I'm always 
uh, looking forward to throwing large. Right. Like, so I'm in slow, small increments. I've been adding pounds. <laughs> right. And the the more clay you're working with, the harder it is to center it on the wheel. The more muscles it takes, and and so that's something you you work at slowly. Well, you work even your way up, you I know? think too, um, like your technique has gotten better because there. On the the one, I think you have quite a friction burn <laughs> yes. on your hand, right? Because that was last Christmas. Yeah. I was, uh, but that was just uh, simply poor technique. That was, right, that right, was right. Not really an occupational. No, hazard. and right, you just you get your hands up off the wheel, yes, and exactly. all of a sudden. So the first part of making something is finding your center, and it's a very grounding experience. You you have to get your piece centered, or your entire. That's where you see that, like, yeah, if that it's, wobble. Yeah, it's wobbling you. And this is the hardest to teach new students is how to center, but that's the, the foundational first step. So once you get your piece centered, um, you can start to open and pull your walls. And, and that's tricky. It's, it's super tricky. It takes so, a lot of uh, learning and failures. Right. <laughs> yeah. So now you threw this. And uh, it's sort of the, I think you were originally thinking charcuterie board, and I think it ended up being an incense. Uh, yeah. But it's not round. <laughs> That's true. That was made, what it's called a slab built piece. So, right, you just. It's not done on the wheel. Right, 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 right. Yeah. To me, it's like, oh, so you just kind of roll it out yeah. and So that taper was another it. big piece of equipment in my studio that I saved and saved for was my slab roller. And basically, it's a big old expensive rolling pin <laughs> uh, but it sure is a great time saver right um, and it rolls out beautiful uh, consistently even pieces of clay yep that you can then shape into whatever you want because that was through my head and i'm like to me like right i think about pottery and i think about right and it's got to be round and because yeah. the way right the way it so spins and like, yeah pottery is not just about wheel throwing yeah it's um hand building sculpture slab building uh, you can do pinch pots. You can. There's just a, a hundred and one different things right. you can do with clay, and it's it's not even just about making the structure. Like you could go down a whole other rabbit hole with surface decoration and glaze techniques. Right. And the, the, there's no end to the creativity. Right, just, right. If you can kind of think of it yeah. and and get it to to go. And that's just, now originally I thought that was probably a garlic one, but I think it's actually a, like a butter dish. Exactly. But, uh, so I had some uh, some challenges with butter dishes because you have to fire those. Obviously, they're not like a pot where you fire them on their base. You have to fire it on its rim because you want the glaze yes, on the top. Yeah. So I was having a, a really difficult time with all of my, my lids warping during the fire. So I went on Pottery Heads and <laughs> asked for some advice. And they say, oh, you need sand. Throw some silica sand at it. And so when you sprinkle silica sand on the kiln shelf, it allows the clay to shrink and the, the sand works like teeny tiny little ball bearings and right. it allows it to pull and shrink. And at, you would never have figured that out. No. I just, on but I mean, your, you can research any yeah. problem solve and it's so That's, great. Yeah. <laughs> so that worked out well. And mm. I haven't had any warped rims since. Well, there you go. Just throw a little sand at it. <laughs> So this piece I thought was kind of cool too. And I think the gist of this is you're imprinting like um, a doily or you you kind of listed a few different things. And then the clay picks up that yes. as you peel it off. Yeah. So that's kind of a cool thing to do because it's, it really helps. Like a lot of 
people have elderly relatives that might have crocheted or uh, made doilies, right? But they're not really in style anymore. No, people don't really want to display them in their homes. But that imprinting them in clay is a wonderful way to capture that keepsake, right? And display it in a different way. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. I thought that. Yeah, and I was like, oh, well, that's really neat because, as you say. My parents have gotten to the point where we have packed them up twice and now they're condo <laughs> livers. And I mean, there was still stuff in their house that yeah. as growing children, they were still storing for That's us. Right. And they're like, we can't store I've yours. done a lot of keepsake pieces yeah. for people. I had a bride bring me a piece of lace from her wedding dress right. and we printed it into a little ring bowl, a ring dish. Yeah, yeah, her, yeah. <laughs> with her wedding date and everything in it. And uh, there's, there's so many ideas. Yeah, I, I yeah. And as I say, I just wasn't my thought process of that and then I thought well that's really cool because now you're getting a piece that you're going to probably use functionally way more than you're ever going to pull out you know your wedding dress or a piece of lace or as you say like a doily from 65 um (laughs) but right and you can use it and you can look at it you'll be like oh that means so much more than it sitting in the box in the closet right yeah and again, another little glaze piece. This is also, I, I really like this, uh, just a regular old soap container. Yeah, I've sold a lot of those. They're very popular. Um, and I, I go on Amazon and I source uh, the, the cork wine stop, the cork stopper yep. was a bit of a game changer for me because it's tapered and it allows for a little more play so that the size, the diameter of the hole of the piece doesn't have to be perfectly exact right so some some the cork will sit high some it'll sit low exactly that's exactly it but that was that really slowed me down at first trying to calculate the the shrink rate of the clay so that the diameter was the perfect diameter to fit (laughs) another type of dispenser top that i had Uh. and and i failed miserably at it so i i finally came across these cork ones and that they were they were helpful excellent and that as you say uh texture so that's yeah. um, something you would have, would you have added those kind of that texture, you would have thrown it and then kind of added it Absolutely. like leaves almost. Well, uh, it's called when you add water to the clay and you water it down and you create slip and slip can be used for all different kinds of surface decoration. Oh, so you, you make the slip out of the same clay body that you're working with. Yep. And then I, I basically just brushed that on with the paintbrush and then dipped it in clear and then I did a little bit of surface decoration with some honeycomb pattern there and, and there you go a little, yeah. little honey dish so I make things in small batches right like I think I probably made about a dozen of those at right. a time and and within a couple months they were all gone right <laughs> you, and uh again you said predominantly Instagram and Facebook that's right so I would assume because we're in Bob Cajun more on Facebook than Instagram uh, I'd say it's equal. Okay, yeah, we yeah. we often have that discussion. The social media of of, of older people is Facebook <laughs> versus Instagram, but maybe. Well, I'm in that yeah. older category, yeah. and I was not very um, familiar with Facebook and how it works. Right. Um, I really had no use for it before this. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, then when all of a sudden when you need to reach out and... Yeah, but people reach out to me, they direct message me, and they say, usually they think that I have a store. And I don't. I have a, a small home studio with a, a one shelf of right. <laughs> stuff, a stock that I'm trying to build for a Christmas sale that's mm. coming up. But yep. most of my work is in custom orders, and so I sell it as fast as I make it. And now, so somebody came with a custom order, turnaround time. Yeah. 
Depend now, obviously, complexity, the piece, yeah. size, but it's it's hard to predict, and I've learned not to make promises. <laughs> I say I'll be in touch when it's finished. Oh, very um, good. Yeah, but it is. There's a lot of steps to the process, and there's a lot of variables that I can't control. Like all this summer, we had a lot of rain, and that rain caused a lot of moisture and yep. dampness in the air. And even though I was running two dehumidifiers in my basement. I couldn't get stuff to dry still fast. Still had <laughs> issues. I still yeah. had issues, and I had my first bowl blow up because it was—it still had moisture in right. it. Right. So moisture in trapped in the clay uh, as it rises in temperature creates steam, and that steam has nowhere to go. So yep. it just blows at a right. certain point, and it can take out other pieces beside it. And right. It can be a real disaster. However, right. my first disaster was just a little one, and it taught me a lot. So there you go. And again, I just another cute little bowl. I like that. The, and again, um, a couple different glaze styles on that yeah. piece. That one has an interesting story. It's um, a friend of mine who is a macrame artist is going to take that bowl and do her magic on the rim. So that's why there are holes in it. I created that piece for her so that she right. could, she's going to wrap it in seagrass twine or something like that and, and just do a little bit of decoration around the rim. So... That's called mixed media art. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, yeah, as I say, right? It's the, those are the pieces that seem to be interesting to my eye. Yeah. And there's our ramen bowl. Yeah. Which I think again, uh, speckled clay. Now that I know things. Yeah. You <laughs> and know what's uh, interesting about that piece is that the speckles are not from the glaze; they're from the clay body. So certain glazes will allow those speckles from the clay body to show through, but others will not. Right. So I've just learned that that particular glaze allows the speckles to show through, and it's one of my most popular ones. I, I think it's it's a fun piece, right? Yeah. And I mean, all these kids in college and school, right? Nice to have a nice bowl it's to eat your, eat your ramen out of, right? That's right. I think my last batch, I made about a dozen of those, and I'm down to one. <laughs> and they are popular with students. And you've done different styles. Like, I think, too, like, and, and kind of floating through, I think you've, you've done a couple different styles of bowls like that. I don't think I included it, but the yarn bowl, um, the yarn ball. Yes. So it's got the little kind of S hook in it, yes. and you put your 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 yeah. ball of yarn in, and then you just it kind of comes yeah. out nicely. And a few different styles like that. I don't want to deceive you. I don't want you to think that these are all my original <laughs> no, ideas. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Potter's long no, before me have no. been doing No, I would. <laughs> I no, but I mean, right? That um, to me, it doesn't matter. You're now my Potter connection, so it's like. <laughs> Oh, I'll just ask Colleen. It's like I do get a lot of ideas from uh, other potters. I think that's how uh, right yeah. the, now, right as you say, that's the gist, and you're like, yeah. oh, I want to try. That. It's no different than and a that, carpenter or right or a chef, and you see all these things. Well, uh, yeah. customers will contact me, and, and they've they, seen stuff. Well, they they send me pictures of things and say, can you do this? Right. And I always say, well, not yet, <laughs> but I'm going to give Back it a whirl. Back to that try. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't mind trying. So I give it a whirl. And uh, I'd have to say, truthfully, that I'm more brave and optimistic as a potter than I am skilled. <laughs> I just really believe that I can right. do it. If I watch enough YouTube videos yes. and give it a whirl, I, I'll eventually learn how to do it. So. And um do you ever get to that, like, do you start one and you're, do you get to that point sooner or later that you're like, oh no, I'm not ready for this? 
Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I've pulled like cylinders as high as I think I've gone to about 15 inches. Right. Where you're standing standing up and putting your arm yep. down inside. But then what do you do? <laughs> um, how do you how do you turn it? How do you trim it? How do you get it to fit in the kiln? Like So it, it can get away from you. Of course it can. Yeah. And I'm guilty of being really ambitious and I don't worry about the cost of clay because it's all recyclable yep. and uh, if it flops it flops and you learn more from your flops than from your success. Right I think that's that's the exciting part that I would have just assumed you know if if you kept working it it would somehow lose its integrity or well, but as long as you're right it does it absolutely loses its elasticity and if you're throwing if you're a thrower that throws with a lot of water then it can it, it, saps, it saps the strength out of your piece if you pull too many times, yeah. The, the so that's of, when you'll just give up and start again from scratch and in, into the buckets it goes. That's right. That's right. Again. And I do that all the time. <laughs> start over. I assume this was a bowl. That's a great big bowl I made, and I like the texture. Yeah. It was another one that kind of kind of. I don't know if it reminded me more of like um, char on a wood or kind of like scales but i yeah and that was yeah. you so again not my original idea i watched the technique on on a youtube video and i gave it a whirl and i it's called a nautilus bowl because it resembles the inside of a seashell right so it has a, a nautical feel to it isn't um, that funny and i'm like ah, it's, no. it's basically you take that liquid slip yep you put it in a squeeze bottle and you Put it on the wheel and and squirt it as the bowl is turning so that you get a nice spiral all the way up the edges. And then I just grabbed a rubber rib, uh, right. like a smoothing tool, Yep. and jumped it up and down as the bowl was turning to give it that cool pattern. But the neat thing about the pattern is that it's what causes the glaze to move nicely in the kiln. It right. gives it uh, movement and something to flow over. Exactly, and that texture is um, just creates really neat results. <laughs> For sure, as I say, right? It's um, the the pieces and the uh, the ones with shape and the ones with texture and and weight are the ones that seem to catch That's the right. eye, right? Yeah. Or that uh, that elicit an emotion right you're like oh I, I, and right i couldn't tell you why i like it i just like yeah, right yeah. i just like it it's and um sometimes i like pieces so much that it's hard to part with them <laughs> but i can't keep everything right and uh i guess it gives you an excuse to try that again absolutely and and you get better the more you try things and and yeah that's a rhubarb leaf bowl that's just made from a rhubarb leaf from and the you, garden and you just pressed it in press it into clay Usually I have to use a release agent of some kind, right. again, either cooking spray or cornstarch or something. Those are notoriously difficult to get them to turn out because where the spine of the leaf is creates a weak spot in the clay, so it wants to break at that at point. At that spot. Yeah. But a few turned out this batch this year. I We had terrible rhubarb this year. I don't oh, know why. Know. Some years are not good. Yeah, and some years we've we've cut it three, four times, and then this year I don't... I think we cut it once. Yeah. But... Uh, no, that is exciting. So lots of stories, lots of stuff that you like. You're not afraid to try. You got a funny story from when you got started or something that you're uh, like, I can't believe I did that or... Uh, saying lots, yes, saying yeah. yes before I know how to do things is <laughs> a little bit nerve wracking. I had the first lady that asked me for a set of four canisters all with matching lids and, you know, graduated yes, sizing. Yep. I 
I had no idea where to begin, <laughs> but I said yes, so I kept pressing on, right. and, and uh, I, I'm now I've made multiple sets of canisters, and um, and I record a lot. I, I right. write down a, a lot of details. I keep copious notes. <laughs> right, and that, um, just a, that ability to go back and be like, this turned out, and this is how yeah. I did it. Well, I, I write down how many grams of clay I started yep. with in order to achieve a certain result, so then, like with Scott's mugs, um, I always know exactly how many right. grams to start with to be able to pull the walls to the certain height that I need, you know. And also my glaze. I have a glaze notebook where I write down all the combinations and how many seconds I dipped it for. Like, everything's important. It's it's, <laughs> it's not, as I say too, right? As much of it, if it's one, one of a kind, it's like, oh, you know. But if it's if it's something you want to duplicate, yeah. notes are important. Oh, that's yeah, good. For, I, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep a lot of notes, but... As far as something funny goes, I'd have to say I still chuckle at myself when I think about how unrealistic my expectations were when I first started. <laughs> when I first started taking lessons, I literally thought I was going to make myself a dinnerware set. Right. You know? Yeah. I still have never nope. done that. And, oh, dear. Um, I just thought it was going to be much easier. I thought, oh, I'm I'm a little bit artistic. I'll I'll be fine. I'll, right. I've got this. <laughs> well, it was really hard. It well, was really really hard, and I had a lot of failures for a long time, yeah. for many years before I, I felt that that I had achieved something that didn't look like a preschooler made it. <laughs> right. Well, I laugh, right? Um, I think uh, Food Source in uh, Lindsay does that uh, the bowl donation. Oh yes. And I mean, when you go in and look at the bowls, you're like. I don't know who's making these, but <laughs> some of them are wonderfully look, and some of them, as you say, are yes. like, oh my, they tried. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and it takes a lot of confidence to put yourself out there. Like, yeah. as an artist, exactly. it's, it's a piece of you you're putting out in the world for people to judge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. this is it, right? And you, you get that first piece done, and you're like, I don't know if I want to share it, because yeah. I, right? If <laughs> But I'd have to say that this community has been so wonderfully supportive Excellent. and the feedback has been phenomenal and it just well, keeps me going. As I say, right, is, you know, I'm so glad that Scott asked you to do that because I would never, as yeah. I say, right, when you're kind of tucked away and you're just kind of working out of your house and kind of yeah, and voice that, to ear. on yeah. And it's generated so much more interest in orders and... I'm making beer steins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, crazy, yeah, yeah. Right, lots of people wanting beer. And as I say, and that really talks about, you know, we talked about, you know, where you're at and still the, the volume of things that you need to learn. Is there not like our, like, you know, they say if you do something for X amount of hours, you can become proficient. Yes, I've heard that too. Yeah. 10,000 hours before yes. you're a master. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't consider myself you, you, a master no, and I, I am very much in the beginning stages. Yeah. And, I was going to yeah. say, do you even consign yourself to that theory? That uh, I think it's a lifetime of learning. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there are so many different avenues I could go down. There's different ways to fire clay. There's raku firing. There's pit firing and salt blasting and soda firing. And, there's lots. Um, there's just so many things that I don't even have knowledge about yet. right right <laughs> uh, but i'm still learning and i'm still keeping you know for now i'm i'm successful enough to be paying for my supplies which is awesome right that means i get to play and clay for free right exactly <laughs> yeah. and that's i mean that's i mean that's so cool right it that is. like right you're actually 
you're turning enough of a little of a profit to, as you say, you know, yeah. you get your, your supplies and your clay and and obviously that means enough people are interested in what you're that's right. you're doing, right? So yeah. that's always exciting and always feels good. Well, that's all I have. Anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh, I don't know. I uh, you, now I, here you. I could talk about my dreams. Dream, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always uh, worked with children and adults with learning disabilities, and so that's something I would love to pursue a little bit. Is having the opportunity or creating the opportunity for adults and children with learning disabilities to really play in clay and right. explore Right, therapeutic and, and yeah, a real yeah. tactile feel. Absolutely. So um, I'm, I'm kind of talking a little bit with a lady in, who runs a program, something like that in Lindsay. So we'll see if we can work out something. That's exciting. Some, some experiences for them. Right. But I really am enjoying teaching the beginner lessons. Right. Just because it gives people such a an appreciation for the finished product that they they didn't realize the that they had that in there. Yeah, they, right? they didn't know that there were so many steps, and uh, and that's why I can't offer Walmart prices. <laughs> well, well, yeah. actually, that's uh, I love talking about pricing, and uh, in this day and age of Amazon, and yeah. uh, I'd have to say you that's... sell a premium product that takes premium time and premium equipment. <laughs> have you had people? struggle with that and um, your time and yeah is valuable well i would say that's been the most difficult part of the process for me is placing a dollar value on my own work and valuing the yeah. time and this you know that went I, into and, it yeah as i say from from practical experience you can't even you can't put a, an hourly price on your time yeah. it has to be based on yeah. the project and I've had a lot of businesses ask me for a wholesale price. If they order in bulk, right. they would love to get a discount. Yep. But I just have to explain to them that there are no shortcuts. For I, me. I'm not creating it in a wholesale no, manner. There's no shortcuts for me. And it doesn't matter whether I'm making 10 or 100, the time and the cost of the materials remains the same. So this is my price. If you want to place an order, yep. go ahead. Wonderful. If, if not, that's okay. That's okay too. <laughs> And as I say too, is um, they've got wiggle room in their margin. Yeah, <laughs> it's it. So I always find it funny that they try to they try to soak it out at the the base layer, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, but you know, the truth is, you can go buy a mug at Walmart lots cheaper than I what I can offer it. Yeah, but it won't be a one of a kind. And it hasn't been yeah, hasn't creation. been touched by yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, right? But there's a lot of different potters out there who use a mold. To create, okay. which is uh, another form of art. I yep. mean, if they created that mold themselves, then that's a form of art in itself, you know? Yeah. Um, but that certainly allows them to replicate. Yeah, you're not going yeah. to get, you know, everybody can have that mug. That's right. And um, have you had that conclusion yet that um, like one of a of kind piece and you're never going to do it again? Has anyone like, I want this I don't, I don't yeah. even know. I know from um, like a tattoo perspective, right? If you get flash, everybody can have the same flash, the, the, the art that's on the wall, right? But yeah. if you sometimes if you get a, a custom piece, the artist is like, well, I, I, I don't copy. Or if I came in and it was like, I, I want that, that this other, and they know somebody else, somebody else's flash. They're yeah. not big fans yeah. of. I, I do struggle a little bit with uh, customers who ask me to replicate something another artist's work that right. they've pulled off pinterest or etsy or something like that i always say to them 
I can put my own spin on yep. it, but I don't want to knock off another no. artist's work. So I want it to be somewhat original to me. Yeah. So, but that's the beauty of working with the customers is that I get to give them all the choices. I mean, you can choose your, your handle, your mug shape, your, you can choose the clay body, you can choose the glazes. And, everything. And everything. There's and, lots and lots of choices. And I want them to feel that they own some of the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I told often, her to do it yeah. that way. <laughs> but they often will look back in my feed and yep. look at all older pictures yep. and say, can you do this mug form right. with this glaze? Exactly. And, and yeah, I can usually do That's that. That's cool. So. And what do the kids think of this? Uh, they've been supportive. They're excited yeah. and yeah, 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 yeah. They always know what to get me for Christmas. <laughs> I'm always looking for textures and right. stamps and things yeah, right, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it's funny as you uh, you progress that way. There, I feel as parents there for the longest time as our children decide to start treating us as we've treated them, and they're like, "Oh, do you do you want something?" And you're like, "Oh, I, I don't need anything." And as yeah. you as you say, all of a sudden you're like, "Well, you know." <laughs> Well, I I think it's funny. They 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 love to joke and laugh and say that you know mom sells pot out of the basement and yeah yeah yeah. yeah. But uh, that's true. It's nice to have a little cash in my wallet to hand them sometimes. Yeah. Or it, I think it just they're happy for me that I found something that totally occupies my time yep. and I'm not lonely. I'm not. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, too. I mean that that's that's always it, right? And you can see. And I think too, it's important for your kids to see that you can be passionate. And that, you know, you can pick up a project and you can, you can build new skills as an adult later in life. I have leaned on them a little heavily because as I said before, I'm not, technology's not my thing. So yeah, uh, they've helped me with ordering supplies and, you know, one of these days, I think my next step will be a website. Right. Because people tend to look at my Facebook and Instagram feed and they think that I have a store and I just have these things readily available. Whereas the reality is it was custom made for somebody and yep. it's long gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's weird. And I think too, right, that's just other people trying to digest what you're doing yeah. and they don't have a grasp yes. on how, you know, that like li- literally that you're yes. out of your basement and, and that's it. A lot it. of people just don't understand the process at all. So they, they might have uh, unrealistic expectations about how fast I can produce it and <laughs> Um, I like that, that it's, well, it's done when it's done and we'll let you know. And, yeah. yeah. And you don't want to rush it because that's well, how you, you get you cracks. Just, you simply can't rush yeah. it. But um, I will start here encouraging people to place orders if they need it by Christmas. Right. So th- that has started It now. starts already. Yeah. So uh, we're probably posting this in two weeks. So that's going to be into October. So if you're listening to the episode... And uh, your Facebook page is uh, Bob Cajun Pottery. That's right. And your Instagram is Bob Cajun Pottery. Yes. If you go and look at Colleen's stuff and you see something, today is the 29th, I believe. Maybe not. I think so. 28th? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to look at my phone. Yeah. It's 28th. So in two weeks, this is going to probably be posted. So don't hesitate. Place your order. Get off the pot and place an order if you want it for Christmas. Yeah. But... uh, I really want to thank you for your time, for a crazy DM out to you. Just asking if you're right. I, I'm just looking for people that do cool stuff and have cool stories. And I was like, man, that pottery, it caught my eye. And yeah. it's funny. And then I kind of pieced it together. Well, I can really <laughs> who you were. And I, I laughed. My wife is like, you know, Colleen. And I'm like, do I? And she's like, 
you do. Yeah. So I'm very thankful that you answered my DM and that you were more than, you're very gracious with your time to come out and um, record. So I really do appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I can really relate to that level of curiosity that you have because that's what got me started. Well, as I say, we were joking. I said, well, maybe we'll have to go out and have a lesson. Yeah. So I'll have to talk to Michelle and we'll have to maybe see what, uh, how much creativity we have in our hands. But well, you're uh, always welcome to come by and uh, we'll scrape the mud off the wall when you're done. There you go. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thank you for tuning in and uh, having another listen to uh, Scotty Doesn't Know. Hey, thanks for joining us on Scotty's Journey. Don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And join us next time when Scotty tries to learn something new because Scotty doesn't know. Scotty Doesn't Know is a Sawcast production. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast, but you didn't know where to begin? Maybe you'd like to try podcasting without having to invest in any recording equipment. Do you have an idea for a show, but you're not sure how to develop it? Let Sawcast Productions take care of all of that so you can focus on what it is you want to say. Sawcast Productions offers podcasting solutions ranging from recording and basic editing to fully produced episodes complete with all the audio embellishments of a broadcast quality show. When your show is ready... Sawcast Productions can distribute it too. Contact us online today. So, what do you want to say?